let's go back to the very start of your relationship with Everton Football Club, and it's been a long relationship. When did you first join as a player? I joined at 14. 14, there was a schoolboy, 14 and 15 when we were in school, and obviously playing for Liverpool schoolboys. I got picked up from Liverpool schoolboys and and joined for two days a week from 14. Who was with you then, who we might know? Unzi, Dave Unzi was in our group. Uh, Billy Kenny, Neil Moore, mm. uh, who else played? Probably Jenkins, no one really. Ian Jenkins there? Ian Jenkins was there as well, he was a year older than me. Neil Sang, yeah. Carl Spellman. Mm. Uh, Ebo was three years old and us, he just got in the first team, Ebo, when... When I be well, when I started my my YTS Ebo had just got in. He'd been in for about twelve months that that season. So that was 89, 90 season. When you first signed as a as a YTS, what was your what was your average day like? It wasn't all football, 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 was it? Oh no, we uh, we had to do jobs. It was <laughs> uh, oh listen, my, my YTS days were the best days of my of my football and career. I I, I loved every single minute of it from. From the from going in to going home, and it was brilliant. So an average day would be, I get some days. I was lucky if I, I was at the bus stop, <clears throat> I get picked up by rats or uh, Ebo or ne- or Neville, whoever was coming through the tunnel first. I'd uh, I'd normally be at the bus stop waiting for them. Probably let about four or five buses go by that time, and, <laughs> and make sure that you got in one of their cars. So it was uh, it was great, really. But then we'd get in, <clears throat> a little bit of banter as soon as you got in, once everyone had got in, all the boys, and then you'd just start your, your jobs. Uh, I got put on set-up. So set-up was, set was a killer. It was one of the hardest jobs in the, uh, in, in the place. So at the time, Colin was manager, and you had to go up to see Colin. He'd have a sheet of paper already worked out from the day before, probably. Give you it. And... If you remember Belfield, there was only two pitches, so it was hard to get it wrong. Mm. And he'd give you the sheet, tell you what to do. And when, and in them days, there was no wheels on the goals. You had to carry the goals. <laughs> and you couldn't carry the goals like that if it was freezing. You couldn't put your hands up because he'd be looking out the window, Colin. He'd be like, get your hands out. And your hands would be like, dumb and dumb away. You were stuck to these goals. Like, your hands would be stuck. But uh, you'd get it all set up. It'd all be perfect. And then he'd come out and he'd change it. So we'd be in the warm-up running around and he'd be shouting over, get over here, it's wrong. And you go, we followed the paper call. No, I've changed it, I've changed it. He's like, oh my God. You'd have to start all over again. It was like mayhem. There was no way, there was no canteen at dinner time. There was a canteen, but it wasn't like the what you see now off Finch Farm. We got cheese and ham toasties and a bit of lettuce. <laughs> but the, those lads that you mentioned there before, some good players who went on to have incredible careers. So that that rough and tough up, upbringing didn't do you any harm, did it? No, certainly not. No, it was. Uh, I loved it. It was great. It was a. Uh, it was probably something I needed at the time, and because I like from where I'd come from, the the background that I'd come from in terms of where I lived and and stuff like that. There was no ways or graces of of where I grew up. So it was like. You had to muck in, and it was exactly the same at Belfield. You had to, you had to get stuck in, and and I think the more you got stuck in, I think you got the more you got noticed that people people actually seen a, a weight ethic and a willingness in you, and and said, you know what, he's got a chance. So I think the 
he looked a little bit more favourable on you in the terms like the, the people like Colin Harvey and Jimmy Gabriel, Foggy, uh, even even Howard when he come in as manager, even mm. even him probably the the same thing. What was it like training with the first team when you got moved up at times? Yeah, it was brilliant. It was uh, some great times, and it was great for us because we got moved up quite early because we were we were literally the next ones in line to the first team where we, we were next to them. We were in the, the next mm. dressing room, literally sitting in a dressing room next to them. And if they needed the player, he just called them over from the other pitch. And <clears throat> I remember my first time, I think I was, it was my first, first few months in Colin was manager and the first team had a, a big, uh, big keep ball game, half a pitch, 10 V 10. And it was a keep ball and I was in it. I just remember it just getting fizzed around everywhere. And I'm like, wow, it was like, just couldn't even see what was happening. Every time I got it, I'd give it away and all that. Like, <clears throat> as we're walking off the pitch, Colin sent us back over then once it finished to train with the U team. And uh, if you remember Colin, like, he, he never suffered any fools, did he, Colt? No, not at and all. he just went, next time I said, next time I asked for you to come over, you better be ready. <laughs> and that was it. He didn't say another word. I'm like, it was months before it happened again. And then when you got called back over, you'd had that memory in your head. And then the next time, I done brilliant the next time. Really enjoyed it. Got a few more touches, got involved. Same again. Finished. You're going over with the U team. And I, I remember he just come over and he went, that's better. Better than the first time you were over here. And straight away, you think, he remembered that. Yeah. So all of a sudden, then you're in there thoughts then and you were... Whenever they needed a right back, I was a right back at the time. Whenever they needed a right back, they'd call me over, centre half, big unzi, you'd get called over. And it was like that. It was it was no real favourites. It was for whatever position they needed, you got called over. And it was it was great. I loved it. I learned so much within that first year. It was brilliant. You, you must have learned so much as well from reserve team football because there were a lot of senior pros playing reserve team football at the time, not just for Everton, for everybody. Yeah, well... I remember making my debut at Villa and Ian only played for Villa. Yeah. He was up front and uh, he just bashed me all over the place. And it was like, welcome to this. And I remember coming off and me and Eddie Howard were like, I was like, that's who Eddie Howard's like, wow. Like that was, that was like a proper, like, no, like, when I say proper game, they mm. were proper games then at the time. Mm. And it just, I remember, I remember coming off, and then the next time you you're ready, the next game you're ready for it. I think we played that on the Friday, and then we had a game on the. Sorry, I tell like we played it on the Saturday because Everton were playing Villa. And remember, you used to, yeah. if Everton were playing Villa, you played them. Yeah. And uh, we played. They played Villa at Goodison, and we played them at Villa, and then we had them, and. Uh, I was I was thinking like right he, he's getting it him I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> give as good as I get here with him and he wasn't even playing like and I was playing I, I remember playing right back and I was uh, remember Froggart Stephen Froggart yeah Stephen Froggart I was marking Stephen Froggart and he was like a whippet <laughs> in the first half I never got a kick I never got a kick he just ran past me and I remember Jimmy Gabriel coming off at half time and Jimmy Gabriel like in his thick Scotch accent uh, we man. I went, what, Jimmy? He went, see how quick he is with a limp. Like that, right? <laughs> and I just, remember, I just remember, like, thinking, right, all right, there's, there's, the, red, there's the green light to go and kick him. But, uh, but yeah, the reserve football, you learn so much. It, it, prefer, it prepared me 
to go into first team football. People of people of that era that, that were Evertonians will remember you from the team photographs, John. You were always there or thereabouts. How frustrating was it just not to get a chance in the first team? Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it was it, it was frustrating in, in one in one part, but then it was also I realised actually that I weren't good enough, mm. and I was when I say I weren't good enough, I always thought if I got in and I'd do well. But then when the I remember when they brought Paul Holmes in, and that was a little bit of a, a kick in the teeth really because mm. it, it just just knocked me knocked me back one and. Although I always felt as if I was better than better than Paul Holmes, uh, it was they just brought him in, they they'd paid for him and whatever, and it was like they were always going to prefer him and to me really, and yeah. And then when when I did get me chance, uh, I ended up breaking my ankle, and it was in the Youth Cup game on the on the Tuesday night. So I got in against Villa on the on the Saturday for, and I was sub. And then played on the Tuesday night, and I'm thinking to myself because Snods had got injured. I yeah. think Matt Jackson had got injured as well, so I think they were going down to QPR, and uh, Ian Jenkins ended up playing wow. against QPR, and 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 I'd been in the I'd been in the squad and everything the week before, and I thought right, well, just get your head down now and get fit, and then obviously Mike Walker come in and and things changed. And so it was uh, as much as it was frustrating, it was. It was one then when you look when you look back, you always think, don't you? Well, there's always a reason why you never got in. It was probably mm-hmm. I, I weren't good enough for Everton at the time, but that never, that, I was never ever turned off by that. That's a very honest appraisal of your time at Everton. Does that mean that when you when you did come to be released, it wasn't that much of a surprise? Uh, yeah, it, it killed me. Really? It killed me when I got like, oh yeah, it absolutely destroyed me. I couldn't. Uh, even thinking about it now, you get a lump in your throat. Mm. But it was, uh, yeah, it was it was so disappointing, like just to just to hear them words. But to hear them words off a fella that had been in the job for three or four months was even more more heartbreaking, you know. Mm. And obviously, everyone didn't really have a say. Jimmy Gabriel didn't really have much of a say because he was getting pushed out, and Colin had left, and uh, Foggy. He was just doing the U team, so by then it was like he'd brought Dave Williams in, who was his right hand man, and yeah. he'd sent me on loan. I'd gone down to Bournemouth with Tony Pulis, which was brilliant. I'd done, I thought I'd done really well there. And then when I come back, he just said, "There's, there's not a, like you're not going to play." So it was more my decision want to move on, but it was more, more because I still had a, I still had another year left on my contract, so. Once he said I was never ever going to leave, I was never going to stay around where I was and wanted. And lucky enough, Colin, Colin Harvey had phoned me up within within days of it and said, "Listen, come and sign here. At, come and sign here at, uh, at Mansfield." He was then assistant manager with with Andy King, so I went there. Those few days between being released by Everton and being called by Colin must have been long, long days. Did you was your initial feeling right? I'll pack it in. I'll do something else. I won't be a footballer. Eh. Uh, yeah, I had them. I had them doubts. I had them thoughts. Uh, but there was a lot of good people that were that were round us as well. Do you know what I mean? I had a mum and dad who were who were solid as well. The like, my dad, my dad was one of them ones. He, they had a boxing gym at the time, and it was right. Get down the gym, carry on training, keep 
keep yourself fit, keep this, keep that. And I had mates who had said to me, come and train with us at Witten Albion and yeah. stuff like that. So it was about it was about three weeks. There was like a, a three-week gap and it was... So I went up, joined a couple in a couple of sessions with the lads at Witten and uh, loads of little different things like that. So I was training and keeping well. But I always thought I'd still be a footballer. It was getting that chance. And then the phone didn't ring. Oh, I'll tell you what, the phone did ring once and it was hilarious. It was a fella... I pressed him at the time called John Beck. Yeah. I remember. He phoned he he phoned me and said, Listen, we want you to pressed in and blah blah blah. And I went, Great, yeah. I said, uh, when do you want me to come down? He said, Well, can you come down in two weeks' time? I went, Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So I had all this anyway, and it was no mobile phones, text messages then. So it was like the out phone. I rang, I rang the club secretary, I pressed in. She said, I'll get John to ring you back. Nothing couple of days not and rang again anyway ended up getting him got on the phone to him I've gone there uh, I am uh, John it's John Doolan from Everton he went ooh I went John Doolan from Everton he went never heard of you oh it's all what chance have you got like you know what I mean wow. and literally 20 minutes later Colin rang me and it was like right okay and that was it and it wasn't a case of taking the first thing that that jumped out as soon as Colin Harvey rings you, you you're yeah. signing, aren't you? You know Absolutely. what I mean? So Absolutely. You, you you went on to have over 500 games, well over 500 games as a professional footballer, John, at various clubs. When were you at your happiest? When I went to Mansfield, it was my first club, really. And uh, being in like that that first team environment, and we had some great cup runs uh, first year when we beat Leeds, and Leeds were yeah. the champions then. Yeah. Uh, who else did we play in? I like we played Millwall that year. It was it was great. It was a real good experience. Uh, but yeah, I, I, do you know what? I don't think I think the only bad time I ever had at a club was was the Blackpool when I went to Blackpool, and that was that was a decision I regretted because I've been told a couple of things not to go, and something that stuck in my mind always was my dad. Uh, don't ever sign anywhere for money, right? And I did. I was 30, I think I was 31, 32, and I signed there because they were giving me good dough and it ended up lasting six months, you know what I mean? And it was like, I had to play 25 games to get a new deal. I played 24. You know what I mean? And I was like, there you go. And it was, it was one of them. So I'd probably say that was the only, the only bad time I had. But I've got good memories of Blackpool because I loved it there. I played, yeah. I played every game up until the... The, the final game I couldn't play, you know what I mean? But apart from that, it was it was good. I had good memories and stuff like that. And I, I haven't got any bad memories of of any of my clubs. Uh and then you Donny went... was Donny was the best. Donny was the best. Yeah. Uh why was that? Well Donny we, we we won the league twice. We we went on some great runs. The lads were brilliant. And what I loved about the lads and Snods will, will tell you because he knows he knows most of them. It was like Kelly's heroes. It was like a bunch of misfits just put together. And like they went on a double promotion. And there was some very good players in there. Yeah. And tough, tough lads. Training sessions were brilliant. They were so competitive every day. Uh, because everyone wanted to be in the team. Mm. And then the year when we won as champions, when we went up as champions, that was just unbelievable that year. Just we were going to places like 
Ipswich and where they were supposed to turn you over and we were walloping them 4-0. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, at the time, they had like Jim McGilton, John McGreal, Joe Royal was manager, yeah. uh, David Johnson up front. We were turning them over at their place 4-0, just walloping them, do you know what I mean? And it was like, it, it wasn't that we were 10 times better as players. We just had 10 times bigger arts than them and yeah. everywhere, every, everywhere they went. I think it might have... 300 pounds a point away from home might have had something to do with it. <laughs> but, uh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Yeah, but, but it was it was brilliant, great times there. As I say, 500 games as a professional. Did you, those early days at Everton with, with Jimmy Gabriel and, and Colin Harvey and the likes, did they shape the player that you became? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So it was yeah. a good upbringing for you? Oh, yeah. And, and, and not just them, they... The actual players that were around it at the time, Kevin Radcliffe, every morning used to come to ours and pick us up when I'd become like a pro. And uh, he was brilliant. The advice, Dave Watson, yeah. Snodge more than anyone. And I was trying to take Snodge's place. Mm-hmm. And he'd give you more advice than anyone, telling you what to do, how to play. And probably my game was based on Snodge, the way he played. And then, obviously, I went into midfield then. When I left Everton and went to uh, Mansfield, uh, I never ever played at the back again. I always played in midfield after that, and uh, I think the the biggest compliment I could ever I could ever have next to Snodge was we both we got voted first and second in the uh, the Donny all time best players. <laughs> Fortunately, he got number one. I would never do, but uh, there was a lot of similarities in our games, so. When you, came back players, to, when you came back to Everton as a, as a youth coach, how did that come about, John? Full circle, that, isn't it? Yeah, it was a, a little bit of luck, uh, really, and it was thanks to Neil Jewsnip and people like that. I'd, I'd started taking my coaching badges uh, pre, pre-finishing the, uh, the actual me playing time. I took them when I was about 29, and... Uh, I was on one of the coaching courses as like a CPD type of thing. And Neil was there and he just said, how come you're on this? Blah, blah, blah. Mm. I just said, oh, it's what I want to get into. And literally Everton were, were changing over from Netherton to Finch Farm. And he said, come in, have a look. You can come in. And I said, well, listen, I said, I've still got uh, 18 months on a contract. He went, it doesn't matter. He said, you can still come in and, and do it and prepare yourself for, for when you're going to finish. So it was a... Uh, it was a little bit of a little bit bit of luck and a little bit by chance as well. But I uh, I come in two days a week with the first group I ever come in with was uh, Jose's group, Jose Wallace and and all them. And then I just never looked back. Then it was always something that I I just got the bug and it was something that I wanted to do. And you've done a little bit of everything, haven't you, since you've been back down at Finch Farm? Yeah. Uh, so I come back was a youth team coach and uh, started off with the under fifteens. Then 16s, 18s, 23s with Uns. And then uh, obviously when Unzi had took over and Sheeds had left and uh, Paul got the 18s job, I was always going to be left in that 16s group and stuff like that. And I wanted to move up. And although I didn't want to be standing on people's toes and stuff like that, I always knew that Paul wanted to do the 18s. Unzi had only just got the 23s and, and that wasn't going to be a an opening there. So it was, Unzi was obviously uh, 
shaping a little a little group really to for the emerging talent in terms of the talent ID stuff. And uh, it's something that I'd already done pre going up with them. I mm. when Kevin Reeves come in, he asked me to do the non-league stuff while I was under 16s coach. So anyone that had been released from academies, I was going to watch them at Southport, Samia, places yeah. like that, and just reporting on it back. And I liked it. I loved it. Yeah. And then Unzi just said to me, listen, do you fancy joining Jamie Oyland and the team? We're doing the emerging talent stuff, and we think that you'd be a good addition to it. And as soon as Unzi says that to you, you're thinking to yourself, having a bit of that, he, yeah. he wants me on his team. So I went, right, I'm going to go for it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a hard decision at all. It was... It was literally it was a good transition, really, because where they put me at the time was was between the academy and the under twenty threes. It had nothing yeah. to do with the first team stuff, so it was like a good bedding in period. And for for two years before Marcel come in, we were me and Jamie were doing all the all the transfers for the under twenty threes that were coming in at the time. So it was it was brilliant, good learning curve. And then obviously Marcel come in and and then moved us all up to first team stuff. Under normal circumstances, when life is not too restrictive, how many games a week do you think you you go to see? Well, when the when the proper things are open and the games are there, I think the only night you're not out is a Thursday night or most nights. But then with the Europa League, when that's getting played, you're out every night. There's not there's not a night that you're in. You're not sitting in, and everyone thinks, oh, you've got a great job. You're this, you're that, but you're literally out twenty four seven on the most worst nights <laughs> you know what I mean everyone's in bed and you're still on the M6 you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, it, as much as it, it is the be- one of the best jobs in the world being being involved in football it's uh, it certainly isn't glamorous yeah it can be challenging at times Carl. just finally John it's important isn't it for you for yourself and everybody associates with 23s the youth set up if we can't produce footballers for Everton we want to produce footballers and we want them to go on and have a career somewhere else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think we're doing kids a disservice if we can't do that. Uh, and, and it's always happened at Everton, to be fair. We, we've always produced footballers and league footballers. They mightn't, they mightn't necessarily play for Everton, but we've always done a good job in moving them on and getting them careers. And you've only got to look back at, from when I first started and it was Jose's group. There's, there's been a lot of lot of young lads that have gone on to have great football careers and, and are still playing now, some of them.